Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good, Bruce, because my favorite two teams won. Yeah. I coached uh, the team I coached. We lost our first game of the year, Bruce. We lost 11 to 2. Mm-hmm. It's like six weeks ago, and we played that same team tonight, and we beat them 3 2. So that was a nice, uh, nice rebound for the players who have been working real hard. So revenge, is sweet, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know we've been having a fairly tough it's, year, but it's always nice to beat a team that's that tough to you and previously. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice, nice to see your team come together and start to yeah. play as a team and all that kind of stuff. And then so, credit to the players. That neutral zone trap you've been teaching them, maybe. We, we are extremely, we just play the full court press. My team, we press, man. We pinch, we press like crazy. It's all all, all out attack all the time. That's how I play mm-hmm. hockey. Or I coach it. I don't play it like that. Not players have more fun that, with that than they would with this lockdown, button-down systems play. Probably. Uh, the, the, the girls seem to like it. All right. Um, the Oilers also won five two over Pittsburgh. And Bruce, you now I know that you you've had though. Well, as I've had a pretty good night. You've had kind of a hell of a night. You had a cat issue, and then we 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 had a com- computer glitch issue. Uh, I'll just briefly say the computer glitch issue. Like we were doing the scoring chance data, and and suddenly the computer ate all of our data, and it wasn't there for ten minutes until we figured out how to restore it. So we were I was we were both pretty upset. But you have had a bigger upset tonight. What happened? Yeah, well, my cat, she had a, um, she had a um, abscess that burst in her face, and it was an awful mess. And she was behaving a little bit weirdly, and then all of a sudden, like midway in the second period, uh, I noticed this uh, issue that she had, and I consulted my my. Uh, son who's a cat whisperer and he said we need to get her to the vet pronto so we got her to the vet pronto and uh, they put her under and did a a clean up and general um general uh, maintenance on the kitty and put a cone on her and now she's home and sort of getting over being ko'd by the uh, anesthetic and she's also getting used to being this wide instead of this wide, which is a very difficult thing to comprehend all at once, especially when you've just been KO'd by anesthetic. So she's kind of all over the place. So I'm glancing over here periodically, but uh, uh, fair to say that that distracted me from the job at hand of uh, of paying (sighs) attention to the game. But uh, I did take in, like we came home in between times and we went and got her just at the end of the game and I have caught up and watched it on videotape and very happy with a I'm very surprised David frankly I thought this was a game the Oilers were going to um, get beat I thought Pittsburgh was motivated they just lost a tough game in Calgary the coach cracked down on them they you know they needed a win and Edmonton was up against it with this huge schmozzle on the back end I thought they're just going to overwhelm there's not going to be much that Edmonton can do about it other than maybe score a bunch of goals and anyway uh credit where due the uh team found a way to get the job done and they wound up winning going away five two a highly tactical game and you're right a game the oilers definitely would have lost any other year but this year 
This is a team that's capable of playing tactical hockey. It's got they've got some players with really good hockey sense, and uh, some of their veterans stepped up with some good hockey sense. But no, this is a this is a smart hockey team. I was really impressed. Which leads, to, I'll just start off with my good thing, like the four young defensemen: Logason, Bouchard, Nemalainen, and Broberry. Um, they played very well. They just um, were smart out there. They looked like composed veteran hockey players. And they made uh, very few mistakes. The Oilers were outshot in this game, but when it came to grade A shots, they had more than Pittsburgh, slightly, 11 to 10. And you're going to go over the document tomorrow. Maybe yeah. we missed some, you know, in the general havoc of of the night. But I thought the young D-men were were really good. And I thought Evan Bouchard in particular stood out and had his best game in some time. And... Um, yeah, I, I was impressed with all of them. Broberry was on his off wing. He did fine. Um, Nima Linen. Looks like he might have a NHL future, you know. Hawken, if Hawkenpaw can make it in the NHL, Marcus Nima Linen can. A very similar kind of player. Big guy. Rugged guy. And Wild Bill. Uh, Logason had a really he, strong he game. He impressed me. I, I, I was very pleasantly surprised with Logason's game. Uh, yeah. He 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 played well. He was uh, strong in his own zone, and he was even a little bit of a factor in the offensive zone, firing uh, firing three shots among five shot attempts. Like he, you know, usually he's a non-factor to say the least on offense. But uh, but he was getting connected in the full ice game tonight, and uh, uh, he was uh, 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 he was a pleasant surprise. And Nima Linen, you know, he. he Obviously, inexperienced and nervousness, and some of it showed a couple of times. Like he iced the puck once when I thought he didn't have to, and they wound up scoring off the next faceoff, which wasn't fun. But um, uh, he comported himself, I thought, fairly well, and he had five hits, which is to say three more than any other Oiler. So he wasn't yeah, yeah. exactly shy out there, and that's what you want because that's you know that's his bread and butter, is you know playing playing the physical game. And I can't say as off the top of my head I can recall him mashing anyone through the boards, but but clearly if they got up to five in their counts that he was uh, laying on the body, nice, you know he was certainly taking people out, and I guess he was doing it more consistently than anyone else. So good on him. If he can if move he the can... puck up here, Bruce, I think that he may stick. Like of all these D men, um, for the rest of the year, because listen, he. There's no, you don't need to keep him down in Bakersfield forever. He's 23 or 24. Like it's, this is his time. So it's between him and Logason. And if he can like be even more of a physical presence and a defensive D man that they trust than Logason can, he could stick on the orders this year. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Bruce, what is your good thing? Well, I'm going to uh, stick with the tried and true and go with the, the backstop behind those guys, Mikko Koskinen. I thought he really showed his mettle tonight. Uh, he played a highly competent, professional game of goal in uh, uh, in circumstances where the team really needed. You know, they had very few veterans behind the blue line. They only had two guys, you know, skaters uh, that had played as many as 50 games in the NHL. Uh, so. The decision was made, and correctly so, to go with Koskinen and Ned rather than the other rookie, uh, Stuart Skinner. And I just thought Koskinen kept his head. He kept his cool. I made a number of really good saves. 
And he was the cause of like zero problems. It was like there was no gift goals. There's no bad turnovers from Mikko. I didn't see any ugly rebounds that I thought should have been better. I just thought he was rock solid. And that's what they needed. And uh, and you better believe those young kids playing in front of him appreciated that as well. 13 wins and 14 games, Bruce. Are we getting a little feedback or something? Are you noticing that at all? When I talk, I hear a little bit of feedback. Anyway, hopefully that's not popping up. 13 wins in 14 games. Yeah. 13 wins in 14 games and a 9-14 save percentage for Miko Koskinen. 12-2, and I think he is officially, but yeah. Oh, excuse me. 12 wins in 13 games. I was I was mixing up game starts and games played. So 12 wins in 13 games. Game starts. Yeah. Right, and he, yeah, he, he he got one win in relief when Smith got hurt, and then uh, uh, he's since been uh, um, in the games he started. He, you know, he had the, the uh, poor outing in Winnipeg, and what the heck even was the other loss? I mean, he was uh, to Philly, he lost to Philly, but that's it. Twelve and two. My yeah. other good thing, Bruce. I heard that feedback again just there. Um, my other good thing, I, let me make some mic here. I'm just going to see what mic am I. Oh, Eddie microphone. All right. Um, my other good thing is Evan Bouchard's goal. Mm-hmm. What a play by those three players charging up the ice. Four on four situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Dreisaitl kicks it off. I think it was a backhand pass, backhand stretch pass diagonal up the ice to catch McDavid on the fly. What a treat it is to watch Leon Dreisaitl play hockey. He is such a fantastic player. Man, if I could make one backhand pass like that in my life. <laughs> yeah, he makes about one a period, eh? At least one so, a game. So. Yeah, a- I think he was kind of not his best night tonight, but he still, he, that, it was that sweet pass, and there was a couple others, uh, one, one that went right through Hyman's for a tap, and I thought it was, anyway, Carry on. And then uh, McDavid's pass, which somehow got through the defender. I don't know how he did it. Like, it just seemed to slice right through him. But right on to Bouchard's stick. And it was kind of a croquet shot into the net just to tap in. Yeah. And um, But he was there to put it in. Just a fan, Just a beautiful goal. Just a great rush up the ice. High level of skill and uh, a finish. Um, in a, with a goal. So that's my other good thing. I'm going to back up even a little further from where he started. And, and uh, Bouchard, it was Bouchard who originally broke up the Pittsburgh rush uh, around the face-off circle on his side of the ice. Uh, and the puck went into the corner and there Lagerson got it. And he wrapped a backhand pass up the boards to Leon, maybe a 20, 25-foot pass. But, you know, he did move the puck and he moved it to a good guy to move it to. Uh, and of course, Leon made that uh, gorgeous backhand pass up the ice. But Bouchard got on his horse, and he because he was starting from way back. But he saw that the opening was there. And when McDavid, you know, when Leon got McDavid the puck, that you know, whoever got up the ice third, because McDavid was one on one, was going to create either an odd man rush or, or you know, or Pittsburgh was going to close it down most likely. And Bouchard actually overtook McDavid uh, 
in in uh, in that you know he actually covered more. I, Connor was kind of holding the puck and di- dangling and dipsy doodling with it, waiting for Bouchard to join him. Shades Morgan Riley, uh, and but Bouchard busted ass all the way up the ice and uh, headed straight for the blue paint. And McDavid did a few feints and deeks and dangles and. McDavid things and uh, found a little tiny hole to pass the puck through the defender right on the tape and Bouchard tapped it in. But uh, to me, excellent work by all four men. Goal and assist Bouchard tonight. He got the uh, nice play on the uh, on the empty net or two. He won the puck up the boards to Pugliarvi. He threw it off the boards. Thank goodness Pugliarvi wasn't injured in that game. There was a little scare there. Yeah. Bruce, what is your second good thing? Well, I'm going to go with uh, Connor McDavid. And uh, big big time performance from Connor tonight. Uh, goals, three assists, four points. A tertiary assist on the goal he wasn't in on where he was the fourth last guy to touch the puck and he actually made a good pass on that goal. He passed it to Russell, who passed it to Barry, whose shot was tipped in by Yamamoto. Plus five in a 5-2 win for, uh, for uh, McDavid. Oh, that's uh, sweet. Yeah, mind you, he kind of, I think you're probably going to talk about this. He kind of avoided a minus one by sneaking uh, off, light, off the ice while the puck was going the wrong way. But we'll leave that for another discussion. I'm going to talk about all his good things. And all his good things included uh, uh, not even so many shots, just two shots on net, including the empty netter. Uh, but puck on the stick a whole lot and getting distributed and getting, you know, getting... Um, brought into the danger zone and given Pittsburgh something to think about at their own end of the ice besides this relentless trying to attack and and um, uh, uh, take advantage of Edmonton's young defense. And so McDavid uh, did a lot of valuable work in the offensive end of the ice and some sweet passes. You know, we already described the one to, uh, to Bouchard. Well, he uh, made a... Uh, Fairly easy pass. Hyman did most of the work on the first goal. Hyman was a good thing in this game, too. Yeah, um, but yeah. on the two-on-one that they got in the second period, that was McDavid had a whole lot to do with that, holding the puck until just the right moment. And, and somehow passing, just past it. I thought the defenseman was poised to tip that puck away, but uh, uh, McDavid passed it just beyond his reach and right into Hyman's sweet spot, and bam, into the net. That one went as well. And, uh, so, uh, well-deserved um, uh, points for the most part from McDavid, and just a big-time performance in a, you know, in a, in a big-time setting. This game was on national TV in both Canada and the United States. Uh, McDavid against Crosby. It was billed. I was thinking Drysaddle maybe got a little short uh, uh, changed on the billing, but it's always been McDavid against Crosby ever since uh, '87 and '97. Have both been in the league together. And tonight, Crosby played pretty well, but uh, tonight McDavid finally decisively won the battle, and the Oilers did as well. This was the first time Edmonton beat Pittsburgh in regulation since 2006. <laughs> so they won. Like, Pittsburgh was like, like 15-0-4. The Oilers won some overtime shootout-style games. But they haven't just flat-out beat the Penguins in 15 years. Sean Horkoff had a hat trick the last time Edmonton beat Pittsburgh in a, like, in a real game, like 16 years game. <laughs> Honor high time. So Connor took, uh, very much took matters into his own hands. 
I wouldn't say it's the greatest game that he had, but it was, you know, it was a time for him to come up big, and he came up big. And credit where due, well done, Connor McDavid. You're one of my good things. You might want to put on your headphones, Bruce, because I, because I, I'm hearing you on your uh, computer today. Okay. Yeah. I'm a little out of sync, Kevin or uh, David. I'm kind of. Uh, Kind of uh, everything that happened with my poor kitty. Is that any better? I got the real microphone. All right. Yeah. I'll just do this anyway. Just old anxiety. Yeah. Oh, I get much oh. Yeah, I was hearing it at my end. I don't know if the the people will hear it or not. I hope if you do, our, our apologies. You know, we're we are the technical geniuses of the century, but we do get a few things wrong now and then. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, McDavid's just one point behind Drysaddle in the scoring race now, 41 to 40. Hmm. Yeah, he made up a lot of ground tonight, 4 to 1. Yeah. Okay, bad things, my bad thing. Okay, the second Pittsburgh goal. Oh, the old bad line change, Bruce. The old bad line change. Hmm. And this is a little bit on Hyman, obviously. The puck, Barry makes a nice stretch pass to Hyman. And Hyman's got to get it in deep, and, and instead it goes off his stick or his skate, and it kind of bounces into the Pittsburgh end. But <clears throat> just as this is happening, McDavid and Cassian are switching off, and I do believe there was time for them to read this play and not switch off until they were certain that it was in deep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they did, you know, it's just one of those things. It happens to hockey players. Every hockey player who's ever played the game, this happens. You, you switch off at the wrong moment, and it causes trouble for your team. In this case, it caused a three, a very dangerous and deadly three-on-two Pittsburgh rush. They're a very interesting team. Eh? They they work really hard on defense, and they're quite clinical on offense. You know, moving the puck around very smartly. I like the way the Pittsburgh Penguins play hockey, and they move the puck around. In in this case, just really smartly. Um, you know, they, their spacing is great, their timing is great. Um, they they make a lot of cross ice passes, cross seam passes slice the other team up that way and that's what happened on this goal but really it was it was on Hyman's fumble and then McDavid and Cassian switching off and yeah they deserve the minus on that play but uh McLeod and I whoever else came on the ice got it there you go I mean the three on two that Pittsburgh had they knew they had a lot of time and they used that time to set up the shot they wanted to set up yeah no it wasn't like your standard three on two rush where there's a uh, hard busting forward coming back to you know try and pick up the trailer there was no one within a zone of them when they crossed the line and they had plenty of time to to uh, choose their shot and make it yeah they did yeah that's that's it isn't it no back pressure so you can do what you need to do there so yeah, no blame from me on the defenseman or the goalie on no it was all on the no. forwards your bad thing yeah i'm a little bit disappointed in Ryan McLeod's game tonight. And uh, I just thought he was just not super engaged in it. Like, he had no shot attempts, no hits. Uh, he had one block shot. He got 25% on the faceoff dot. Shots on net while he was on the ice. Uh, Ryan McLeod, and that was in 12 minutes, basically. 1-4-10 against... Like the play was just in Edmonton's zone and that line. 
they had one long shift in their own end where they couldn't get off for like two and a half minutes. And it was it was just they weren't, uh, I mean, at a certain point, lactic acid took over, but they uh, they just weren't winning the battles and making the smart plays to get the puck out of there when they did have legs. And then, then they were chasing. And eventually, at the very end, Pittsburgh got a very dangerous shot on that. But it's, uh, you know, it wasn't his best game, and, and he's just going to need to be better. Yeah, we had him with not one major contribution to a grade-A shot for two major mistakes on grade-A shots against, so that's not a good night for a center. Right. He didn't uh, royally stink, but, he, you know, he, did, yeah. he, had, he had, I would call it a weak game. Was he out against Crosby now and then? I, I thought I saw that match up. Uh, you did on that long like, shift because Pittsburgh was rolling the lines over the uh, boards and Edmonton wasn't able to make the long change. So there was that. And he, Crosby got the better of him a couple times in that sequence. All right. Uh, numbers, Bruce. Let's get your number first. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with the, num- the numbers that intrigue me all day long. And now we got them. How, how is Dave Tippett and um, Jim Playfair going to deploy the Edmonton Oilers defense. They got six defenders. Uh, they got two veterans uh, in Russell and Barry. They got uh, one sort of incumbent youngster in Bouchard and three guys that have barely played. And you know what? They basically stuck by the book. Russell played 26 53. Now I'm hearing an echo of myself. Um, put your head on. <laughs> I, I'm not hearing it, but I don't. I can't. Twenty six fifty three for Russell. Twenty six twenty eight for Barry. So the, the, they were the top pairing, and they played like better part of twenty seven minutes, of which uh, about twenty two were at even strength. Barry, uh, Barry played almost five minutes on the power play. Russell played almost four minutes of the six that the Oilers were uh, short handed in this game. Then you have Bouchard, who is sort of the incumbent youngster, who played 21-45. And then down from that, you have uh, Bouchard's partner, Laguson, who's got like 30 games in the NHL, 17 minutes, 6 seconds. Philip Robery playing his fifth NHL game, 13 minutes, 7 seconds. Marcus Niemelainen playing his first NHL game, 10 minutes, 19 seconds. So they, they found a way to, to um, uh, basically... Assign ice time from most experience to least, and they sh- they were able to shelter. Uh, I thought especially Brovery and Niemelainen, and you know they only played 13 and 10 minutes. They were the third pairing, and uh, their choice of how they you know how they put the defense together, uh, and going with the two veterans on the top pair. I thought you know maybe you're going to have a veteran youngster, veteran youngster, and then a third pair of just youngsters. But uh, the way they did it. I don't think you can argue with it. They, you know, it worked. So credit to coaching staff and and uh, credit to those defenders. And I think you know, in addition to the four you named earlier, big hats off to Chris Russell and Tyson Barry, who were in very difficult circumstances. I mean, not only did they get more minutes, but they got a lot of tough minutes against quality of opponents that they don't usually have to face. And they faced them and and they outscored them. You know, Russell was plus three in this game, Barry plus two. And they were on for one goal against, but uh, I think three, four, at five on five. And I'm sure uh, the empty net goal, Russell was out there as well. Caroline Cowboy. 
big game. Had a big game. He did, yeah. They honored him before the game, eh? It's first, I think, in all his time here, six years here. He's finally getting some love from, you know, on that sort of a official basis with that shot blocking thing. They gave him a belt buckle and a cowboy hat, and they, you know, and they gave his kids hockey sweaters. No, nothing like, you know, I didn't give him like a new Cadillac or anything, but uh, they did honor him, and uh, I thought rightly so. And, you know, sometimes these uh, blood and guts grinders, uh, you know, get zero credit. And, and Russell's, to me, the kind of guy that, uh, you know, he's happy under the radar. He's not a guy. He's never made waves the entire time that he's been here. Bruce, I think the faithful have always given him credit. I think a high percentage of people watching this podcast right now have always seen Chris Russell's merit. I mean, if if you if 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 you watch this podcast regularly, I think you'd be irritated by us un, just enough to stop watching it because we we actually do see Russell's merit and we talk about it quite a bit here. So, I'm guessing people who have stuck with us all these years listening to this podcast are a lot of Chris Russell fans out there. But they had bad Corsi tonight, David. So there's that. <laughs> And, there's you that. know there there is some there is something to that but uh, there is also uh, um, you know as you said Pittsburgh got a lot of outside shots in this game and not too many shot slots uh, slot shots and they're uh, uh, these guys you know paying above their you know, I was going to say above their pay grade because that's kind of a cliche but certainly above their usual spot in the pecking order. And normally they would be a third pairing when they play together. Tonight they were the first and they played a ton of minutes. So credit to them. My number, Bruce, is numero uno. Number one. The Oilers are the number one team in the NHL when it comes to points percentage. In 21 games, they have 16 wins and five losses for a 32 points and a 762 points percentage which is just ahead of Florida at 7.50, Carolina at 7.38, New York 7.38, Toronto 7.29. Bruce, the Oilers are the best team in the NHL at the quarter post. That's a pretty thing, sweet thing to say. That's a pretty pretty big moment for, for this franchise. They've, they've, they've clawed their way back under uh, Ken Holland and Dave Tippett, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, um, and it's fantastic. It's just, uh, it's a joy to watch. Like they're winning games like this game that they would, um, every other year they would have lost. This is the only year they would have won a tactical struggle like that, especially undermanned. And um, they're just, players are consistently coming up big and there's enough good players. There's enough depth in the farm, finally, that when they have problems, they're not struggling to make a trade. They have players that can can fill in. And it's... uh, it's great. It's great to behold. 77.62 points percentage, and they also have a 776.2% win rate because all their points have come from wins. They haven't got yeah, I know those are points. They're all 16-5-0. and zero. So they're the only team that's won as many as three quarters of the games. So it's fun while it lasts. I've sort of in a constant state of surprise here that they keep coming up with wins in some of these games, but they keep coming up with wins. It's three wins in a row now, and they've never lost more than the one in a row all season. That's the real key to it. That every losing streak, if you want to call it that, has been cut off at the knees. One loss, win the next game. Bang. And so that's a real good way to keep yourself in the mix. 
they've got the best top six in hockey, I think, in their forward lines. And that's the, that's that's what's carried them with some good goaltending. Mm-hmm. And um, they're riding that, and it's uh, taking them places. So it's taking them right to the top. So no, very few people were expecting that. Um, you know, I think I predicted they would win the Stanley Cup this year at the start of the year. Um, but that I always kind of predict that, don't I? I would say. It's <laughs> <laughs> in the boilerplate, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, an Stanley Cup. I'm an Oilers optimist. <laughs> Finally, you know, if you're an Oilers optimist long enough, it's one of these years that it's going to pay off. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for thanks for talking tonight. I hope your cat's okay. Mm-hmm. The iPad's okay still, and everything's it's good. still kind of groggy. Yeah. Sorry for the chaos tonight. And, uh, okay. This is uh, this is one of those nights where uh, not everything ran perfectly, but from an Edmonton Oilers perspective, things went pretty darn well indeed. So uh, kudos to the team for coming through. Thanks for talking tonight, Bruce. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. <laughs>